Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another day, therefore, it's another episode. How are you all? Good, good. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Um, I've got a wonderful episode for you today. Uh, On today's episode, I sit down and chat with Genevieve Gaunt. And it's an absolute delight. You're about to listen and you're going to find out just how delightful this chat is. Um, Genevieve sent over um, a wonderful list of records, plenty of honourable mentions. So there's, um, there's lots of tracks uh, that you can go and explore on the, the Spotify playlist to accompany this. Um, and what you will also hear quite quickly um, is that Genevieve's got a very, very, very wonderful voice. Um, and I guess that's why um, she's very successful in the world of, 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 of voiceover work and such. And yeah, so it was going straight into my headphones. And within about five minutes, I was thinking, this such a wonderful voice. Um, so yeah, you're in for a treat. Great records, great voice. And uh, and it's, it's, it's a great chat. Um, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track podcast, then when you get to the end of the episode with Genevieve, go and explore the back catalogue because there's over 300 episodes and you can hear me talking to artists as diverse as Fatboy Slim, uh, Motley Crue, Foo Fighters, uh, gosh, uh, actors such as Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington. Oh gosh, who else have I done? It's, I, 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 I never forget. I, I've literally, I've got like 300 odd so guests I've had on. And when it comes to the crunch of rattling a few off, I always say the same ones. There's so many. Um, Sleaford Mods, Idols, Suede. Oh, gosh. Who else? Comedians, James Acaster, Ed Gamble. I'll tell you what. I'm wasting my time trying to remember them all. I should have a list, shouldn't I, in front of me that I can just pick a few from. But the best thing you can do is just go and have a little look and then um, pick up the ones that you recognise, have a listen to them, and before you know it, you'll be subscribing and, and enjoying all of the chats. What's not to like? Really, really nice people having a wonderful chat about the records that they're in love with. So, yeah. Um, also, if you'd like to support the podcast, let me tell you how you can do that. So, firstly, you can just tell your mates. And, and let me tell you how you do that. So you just go, um, have you heard... Off the beaten track podcast is uh, it's all right. I'd, I'd recommend you give that a listen. So you can do that, or wherever you listen to your podcast, there's a button called subscribe. If you press that, then you won't miss any episodes. They just pop up on your listening device. Don't even have to worry about it. So that's a good one. You can also like leave a comment. So you can just go, yeah, I really didn't like his, you know, uh, lispy Essex twang. You can you can say that. I'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you said something nice. Um, but yeah, so you can do that. That's always good. Um, I'm on all the socials. So if you give us a follow on them, that, that helps. Um, and if you're feeling really, really generous and, and you're really enjoying the podcast, then you can support it on Patreon. So Patreon's a sort of supporters program and it's like a kind of social media feed really. So each week I put up like radio shows or video episodes or, upfront releases and and stuff like that and and that's going to cost you i think 70 it's a dollar a month so whatever that is 79p a month something like that so yeah so if you'd like to really support the podcast you can do it over there um i'm understanding that you know we, we, we we're just on the 
the cusp of, of coming out of a, 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 a dreadfully tough time for lots of people. So I don't expect you to put your hands in your pocket. But um, if you'd like to, it's much appreciated. Other than that, go for option one. Just tell your pals about it. Right, that's enough waffle from me. And let's get over to some wonderful chat um, from today's guest. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Genevieve Gaunt. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Genevieve, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. We've had technical difficulties, and uh, but we're there. I can hear you loud and clear, which is lovely. Um, it's wonderful to meet you. Thank you for giving up your time today to come and talk records. You sent the list over... And from the size of the list, it makes me think that you found this quite difficult to uh, now down to like one for each one. Well, I chose I chose one for each one, but it's such a joy doing this and going down like a kind of history of my favourite music. And there were just so many songs that kind of came up that I love that I have chosen like a favourite one for each, mm-hmm. but I had to like put the full list there. Absolutely. Well, I do allow you honourable mentions, which is just as well because uh, there's a stack for each. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to, to getting stuck in. But before we talk records, uh, Genevieve, I'm going to just ask how you found... I mean, we've we've just off the back of some news from the government today. So we're recording this on the... I think it's the 6th of the day of July. Um, that hopefully in a few weeks we find ourselves out of lockdown, which will be strange and wonderful. and 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 so... In hindsight, just looking back now, how have you found the last 15 months as both Genevieve human being and artist? Well, I mean, it has been a crazy year and I think it's been incredibly challenging for a lot of people. But I feel like I've been very lucky and I have been saved by the work that I do, which is so I'm an actor and I do a lot of audio stuff audio dramas, audiobooks, commercials. And it's one of the few industries that I think transferred very well to working from home. So I've got a little home studio, uh, which always sounds very fancy, but it's not. It's just a mic, really, and a duvet over your head. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was able to interact with new people and access these other worlds and, um, you know, just doing fantastic stuff. I did... Um, um, you know, the Thunderbirds being Lady Penelope with John Coleshaw. Um, I'm the little 11 year old boy in David Walliams' uh, audiobook, Codename Bananas, um, BBC Radio 4 stuff, The Magic Mountain, Thomas Mann. So I've been very lucky in that respect. And this is something I know that you will appreciate being a podcaster is it was only from recording this stuff at home that I had to become accounted, um, acquainted with like waveforms and stuff. Yeah. So I, I had all these, I've made a podcast and I had all these interviews and I started to, on audacity, start to cut and paste these interviews together. And then as a result, I was able to make my podcast myself, which I think it was a wonderful creative project that gave me a huge amount of joy and food for thought. And it was a challenge um, but the joy of that challenge took away some of the existential dread 
of this strange limbo land we were all in. And I also think that there's a lot of doom and gloom in the news, but they don't really publish the good stuff. And I actually think this time has shown us all like really what's important mm. and focusing on you know family and friends and they're the people who got us through this and slowing down a bit and not going to stuff that we didn't really want to go to and just being able to narrow it down. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, of course, it's been a challenging time, but creatively, I never would have made my podcast, The Cupid Couch, if, if lockdown hadn't happened. So I can appreciate this strange time for what it was, but I also am very much looking forward to the world going back to normal. Definitely. It's, it's so strange. You, you, you're so right, uh, you know, in regards to starting to assess what really matters. And I think that human connection was something when it was taken away from us, we really, you know, started to notice how much we we need that in our lives and and one of the things that I love about podcasting is the fact that it's very very kind of punk in its ethos and the fact that I love the fact that when you know studios are shut and not being able to go and sit in rooms with guests and chat you kind of you know you've you've learned how to use audacity you've then gone and found guests I presume recorded like this remotely and then put these things together and put it out and it's like that's as punk as it gets it's like right this is all I've got on my disposable here it's like it's completely DIY so let's see what I can do and and out of and I think that's not just podcasting I think there's been so much you know creativity that has been born out of this terrible time that we've you know we've all had to endure and I think we you know we've seen really amazing television shows and, and 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 music being made in in completely unique and different ways and i think that we'll look back on that and go oh god yeah that was made then that's why that is so unique and different and yeah wonderful right well let's let's um start the playlist and for track one genevieve i'm going to ask you please to tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro so I'm going to, a caveat for my choices, which is, I mean, it's, there's so much fantastic, moving, exquisite music out there that I have to choose these songs that are the ones I feel like have endured for me, okay. the ones that I keep coming back to. I am a huge musical theatre fan, and the song uh, Something's Coming from West Side Story is one of my absolute favourites. Um, the 1961 film is iconic i know there's a new one coming out um which i haven't seen yet but it's written by Lena bernstein and the the lyrics are by stephen sondheim when he was only 27 and it's just i mean it's just the way that music can storytell the way that just the strings, the way it makes you feel, as he says in the song, that something is coming, the sense of like fate hurtling around the corner. And it's so full of youthful optimism and joy and excitement. And yet it's very poignant because the audience knows, as it's based on Romeo and Juliet, that his fate is hurtling around the corner, but it's also going to be tragic. So to me, it's just, it's just magic, that song. Did you hear it before you see the film or did you see the film before you... I think I saw them at this, the same time. So when I was a kid, I saw West Side Story, and it's just it's 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 a magnificent film. Was even in them kind of like early moments of seeing stuff like that? Was that already kind of laying foundations in you know in your mind of what you potentially wanted to go on and and, and do? I think so. I mean, when I was, I mean, I must have been ten. I saw the Broadway filmed recording of. Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods and uh, Bernadette Peters played the witch and Matt, this is mad, we did it at school. Right. We own, the, the musical is actually in two halves. The first half is like the happy fairy tale and then the second half is like the darker bit. And um, we just, we did the first half so for about a decade. I never realised there was a second half to the musical. And um, we got to do it at school. And I think it's it's the 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 creativity and the wordplay and it's quite it's quite discordant at times and just um beautiful so yes I think it was those kind of formative things that I saw um sometime as a massive hero of mine I'll try not to talk about him too much <laughs> well we, we we talk about school uh in, in a in a moment but um I'm just interested to know 
what almost made this for uh, for track one? What are your honourable mentions? Um, my honourable mentions are, I mean, in terms of as an introduction, I think Don't Think Twice It's All Right by Bob Dylan is mm. just, just sensational. Um, I actually saw Dylan in concert in 2016 in uh, Berkeley in California, which was which was just cool. I feel like I've, you know, I've seen the king. And uh, But I like lots of different kinds. I mean, everyone says, oh, I like lots of different kinds of music, but I do feel that I do like music from all different genres. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like things that stick with you. When I first heard Breeze Blocks by Alt J, oh, blew my wow. mind. Yeah. I mean, it's like nothing else. It's so original and strange and dark. I love it. Um, John Denver's Annie song. It's just sensational. It's like a poem to to love. A song that always makes me so happy is Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Yeah. What an intro. Oh, it's just gorgeous. And I think, I don't know if you saw this going around on Twitter, um, they've isolated McCartney's vocals. No, I've not heard this. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, just glorious. And another one that's just so of the era. I mean, it makes you want to go straight back to that time is um, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry. Mm. Um, and then one, what, another one, which I don't know what it is. The chord progression is kind of basic, but it's magic, is um, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. What an intro. Why has no one chose that? Why has no one chose that? That makes no sense. That's a glorious shout. Um, and actually, I, I heard a, you know, g Easy. I heard this song of his the other day and I was like why do I know this yeah and he sampled it I do find that I do find that some of the songs nowadays that we love if you look back it has you know there is some kind of the roots the essence are in the 70s or whatever yeah that's worrying Genevieve when you're getting to the age when you're noticing the samples are from songs that you grow up listening to I'm already there. I've been there for ages. It's like my kids listen to stuff now and I'm just like, yeah, you know what that is? They're like, yeah, whatever, Dad. Um, but, oh, God, that's a worry, Genevieve. You've hit the age now where it's gone full circle and you're getting you're getting them original samples in new records. <laughs> I think it's a testament to the, the time. Maybe it's just because they didn't have social media. Yeah. They, just, they, they, were, they were less distracted. It was less uh, – it's more concentrated somehow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, well, look, I'm going to ask you for track two, please, to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. I heard this song, I think, when I was 12. It's Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. And again, it's one that I feel I've chosen because not only did it move me, but it has really stayed with me, and I think it will stay with me forever. Um, It's... It's a song, if, I'm sure everyone knows it, but it's, I mean, the song, you know, about of this, like, this dream of a fast car about getting away, it's about so much more than just the, the song, which is exquisite, but it's about um, our dreams and hopes and being feeling uh, trapped. There's so much anguish in it, and it's so beautiful. Um, I think, I, I don't know, if, I think it's some famous American writer who said that the majority of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And I think when you're 12, you know, you don't really think about that kind of stuff. And it was the first song that made me ever realize how difficult life is and how difficult life can be for people, especially if you're trapped. Um, And yet it's still got hope because you're still dreaming and people always, you know, they keep dreaming. And, and so that song really touches me. And every time I hear it, it, I feel like it gets deeper and what if you had to pinpoint the emotion, what would that be? I mean, an adjective that springs to mind is, is poignant. And I think poignant is a word that has both some anguish and hope in it. And I think that's the yeah. paradox that makes that song so profound. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was there honourable mentions for this one? Um, yes, there is a song. I, I only discovered it recently. It's Tom Waits and it's, um, I hope that I don't fall in love with you. That's a great record. I mean, I love Tom Waits and, but I hadn't heard that song. Mm. Um, and it's just, 
It's like the I do know ships passing each other in the night. If anyone hasn't heard this song, I'm sure they have. But if yeah. they haven't, then give it a listen. Was you like like growing up in those you know in in your early years? Was there music on at home? Yeah, that yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I mean, uh, my uh, I have a half brother. I've got two half brothers, and um, one of them is is ten years older than me. So when I was ten, for my tenth birthday, he gave me two albums. Uh, one was Eminem, and uh, the other one was The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, so I mean, they're going to serve you well, them records. <laughs> I mean, I mean, kind of. What more do you need? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was the Eminem show album, and so. I don't think my mum, because um, I grew up, my mum brought me up by herself, so I don't think she had a clue that her 10-year-old knew every lyric to cleaning out my closet. Probably um, for the best. Probably. <laughs> probably. Um, and I think that set me off, like, just becoming obsessed with lyrics. Like, I, I don't know why, but I can remember any song that I love, I, can, I know every single word, and I don't know why, um, but it might have been from that time because I just was obsessed and I listened to it over and over and over again. I mean, you know, by the time I was a young teen, I knew every word to Forgot About Dre, which, I mean, is a crime against humanity, if anyone heard me, really. But, yeah. <laughs> and the answer is to, no, no, I will not do it. <laughs> Get a few tequilas in me. Who knows what will happen? <laughs> Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this. They have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range. And it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Oh, brilliant. I mean, you, you mentioned Tom Waits uh, earlier. Um, if, if, you're, if you wake up and you're feeling, you're feeling a little blue, you're feeling a little low, what's your way of dealing with that? Do you go and reach for the best of S Club 7 and, 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 and get get positive and dance around the front room or do you like to immerse yourself and process that you know that that mood and listen to music that suits them emotions have you got a, a sort of process for that well I think it's both I think there is something about I don't know whatever the feeling is if you're feeling a bit blue there is something kind of delicious about luxuriating in some of those feelings and music. Music is like smell. It takes you back. It reminds you of people, places, things. So there is that. But then sometimes if you really need or want to pull yourself out, you can listen to a glorious song. I mean... Uh, I'm not I mean, suggesting you've got the best of S Club 7 in your CD <laughs> collection, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you say that, but, um, you know, do you remember uh, Blue? Blue mm. came on the radio the other day and I was like, down, 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 And I was like, all right, all right, this is great. Um, but um, it's a really good idea when something embarrassing happens to you to share it on a, on a public broadcast. That's a really Always. good idea. Always. But um, I was, um, I had to drive, uh, I actually drove over to see a mate of mine in East London last week and um, I just put on, I just had a real fantastic time just blasting music and I, I was listening to Rasputin, Boney M and uh, Gloria. There's a, there's an American version, but the Italian one by, I think it's Umberto Tozzi. Tozzi? Okay. Just bangers, really. Yeah. Wonderful. Always put, me, always put me in a good mood. Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to talk school. And, uh, and for track three, I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that reminds you of your time at school, please. <laughs> I mean, talking about not saying... 
embarrassing things. I mean, do you remember the song Baby Cakes? See, this is this this one and the next one. These are the ones where they have to be embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can't be cool with these ones. <laughs> um, okay, so Baby Cakes, I just loved. I mean, I was like, I don't know, 12, 13. I mean, I just loved that song. I didn't realise that the lyrics were quite filthy until about a year ago. But, really? I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, was it like... Baby cakes, you just don't know, no, how I, I, I like it down low. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were just doing the, you know, the, the limbo. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other one that I, I remember hearing, um, I had a crush on a boy and I remember, uh, I think I called him and it went to voicemail. And because I remember it was very brave to like, he asked me to call him, and I thought, oh my god, this is so grown up. But it went to voicemail, and he had Haymar by Cameron on his voicemail, and I just thought, oh, could this boy get any cooler? And, <laughs> and so I just, I think it's the sexiest song. It's just kind of like, it's it's kind of, it's it's just so of its time. Yeah, I just love that song, Haymar by Cameron. That reminds me of of school days. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How were school days? Um, they were fine. I mean... I went to school in 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 West London. I I went to quite a nice school. I had a I don't know, I didn't I didn't really I didn't really find my people till I went to university if that makes sense. I I feel like yeah, it was okay, but I mean teenage girls are not necessarily like it's not always the easiest like the growing pains of being a teenage girl are not very easy. Mm. Um but it was all right. It was okay. I mean, nothing, nothing particularly. I wouldn't want to go back to it. I'm kind of. Yeah. I was kind of glad when I left. When I left school, I was like, oh yeah, freedom. You know. We, we touched on it earlier, but by the time you got to school, was it? Was you quite aware that the arts was something that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, my first job. I mean, I, I literally had like you know one line, but my first job was on Harry Potter. Yeah. So I I loved it. Mm. I loved everything about it and it was uh that was a really fantastic experience. Um but my my mom who'd been an actress and an agent and a theatre producer she was like try and get an education if you can. Um or you know drama school or university do that. Don't just go straight into it. I mean there are so many different routes but um Going to university, I did a lot of drama there, yeah. uh, including two Stephen Sondheim musicals, one at the Edinburgh Festival. So for me, for me, like that was a massive step in terms of enjoying and exploring acting and drama. And that's where I found my people. Yeah. Like that, that's what I mean. I, I think there was um, that kind of like I didn't really enjoy that that kind of non-creative mentality at school. I like being around artists, musicians, actors, 
directors, people making stuff, yeah. and that was that was really exciting. There's nothing better, and I say this to my 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 youngest daughter all the time, who's just just left school, and I'm like, when you get to college, you'll find your tribe, and then everything changes. You find the people that you're not thrust together with you can pick the people that you want to be with then and i think that's such a a a moment in your life when you do find your tribe i think that's pivotal and 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 will alter the direction of what you know where you want to go and will help that as well um in regards to um school and college and you know finding yourself in 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 this huge film um was you a confident child? Um, was I a confident child? I mean, I, I don't I, I actually I don't know because being a child and growing up is such an unconfident time. Mm. So I don't I don't think I I don't think I. So as I said, my mum um, raised me by herself. I love my dad dearly. They get on well, but he lives in Holland. I'm half Dutch. So my mum brought me up. And as a result, I felt like I was always mixing with adults. And she always said, like, shyness is a luxury if you can afford. So I was always thrown into situations where I just had to make conversation and, like, get to know people and stuff like that. So I feel like a friend of mine said once said, if you can't, if you can't beat the fear, just do it scared. And I think that's what I felt like growing up. I just, I just had to do it. And I had to, you know, you know, if you're an only child with a single mom, like you have to make friends, like you have to just go say hello. And yeah, maybe you get knocked down and you have to get up again. So I think I had to be quite tough in some ways, which I mean, everyone, everyone has a different, a different route. Um, But I feel like for me, was I confident? Sometimes, but then, you know, being a teenager is the most unconfident period ever. And yet I wouldn't take that back because being unconfident and being a bit vulnerable is a good place to be. Confidence aside, you've chosen one of the most ruthless and difficult industries to, you know, carve a career within. Um, So with that in mind, would you say that you're a driven person? I think that if you have found, if you're lucky enough to to do what you love, whatever that industry is, there's something about the enduring quality of whatever that is that you like to do to create. And I love working with people yeah. um, and I love making stuff. And that's what's been so joyous about over lockdown, doing these audio dramas and working with different people. And, you know, um, so I feel like I'm driven in the sense I love what I do. And when I'm lucky enough to actually do it, yeah. You know, then that's that's heaven. And uh, making this making this podcast has kind of made me think, oh, maybe there's other things I'd like to do as well. Yeah. Um, because being behind the wheel, that's the only thing I would say is that as an actor, sometimes you're waiting for other people to make decisions. Whereas making this podcast, I got to interview people and cut it myself and have some kind of creative control and that was yeah. fantastic. So I was very driven making that because I love doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Track four. First record you remember buying from a record store, please. I mean, why are you doing this to me, Stu? You can't be cool. <laughs> you can't be cool on these ones. I've told you. They're the rules. Okay. Um, again, I think I was about, I don't know, I mean, 10, 11. Um, 50 Cent in the club see that's all right that's that's a cool tune yeah i mean no one like my parents obviously didn't know who 50 cent was Mm. and because i'm half dutch they were like that's rather cheap (laughs) (laughs) yeah in hindsight he should have been called 50 million shouldn't he like he's he's all about the bling as well why 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 sell himself so cheap yeah that's a real good point Mm. What was it? Get rich or die trying. Yeah. Um, I yeah. saw someone that had that tattooed on their back once. It was shocking. <laughs> Hides. Hides t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, the first song on iTunes I bought was, uh, I think it was, it was Tim McGraw and Nelly over and over. That was the very first song yeah. I bought. And then I did this, I did this uh, at university. We did um 
a stage tour of Anthony and Cleopatra. We went, we, we road tripped up the East Coast of America. We started in Miami and we went like to Nashville and at some bar in Nashville, this guy kind of did a kind of, oh, hey, baby. And he said that he was, he said that he was Tim McGraw. And to this day, I don't even know if it was true. So I might have met him. You never know. I have not. Never know. He might yeah. be still in that bar doing that line to anybody that walks in there. I mean, to be honest, if you introduce yourself as like Tim McGraw, I mean, like, is it, I mean, are you really Tim McGraw? Tim McGraw probably wouldn't have to do that. I love that. Did, um, have like record shops been like important for you? Have you ever, like when you went traveling, you know, up the coast and that, and you was in town, would you go in a, a record shop and, and, and look about nowadays, you know, if you see a, you know, a second-hand record store or a rough trade or something like that. Do you do you like to go and and you know immerse yourself in it? I do. Something I want to do is um, actually get a proper record player. Vinyls are just gorgeous, and they—I yeah. mean—they've been making a comeback for a while now. But they are beautiful objects in themselves. They're so nostalgic. They probably—they sound better. Um, and there's a way of like really cherishing and enjoying an album. Um, and the so, artwork, you get to experience the artwork so much more. I mean, obviously on CDs you would a little, but now when if people are just downloading it straight onto your, you know, your phone, you don't really get to marvel at this, you know, some of these icon. I mean, what was the last iconic album sleeve? Because I, I can't think what it is. It would have been, in my opinion, probably when vinyl was still being made. If you was to, someone was to exhibit a hundred of the most iconic record sleeves of all time. I don't reckon any of them would have come out in the last 10 years. No. I mean, as soon as you say that, I think Pink Floyd or, you know, I, yeah. Clash, it's like straight away you do. You just think of these iconic sleeves. And, and I think that's, I don't want to be, you know, Grandad Stu and go, oh, it's all better in my day. Because I don't. I think it's wonderful that, that, that people can go and experience the whole world of music at their fingertips. Like, you know, who done that? I don't know. Let's find out. I mean, in a second, you're listening to it. I think that's marvellous. But it's the artwork is the thing that that I think is is a real loss. And I also think that there's there's something to be said for the journey and of having a bit of pocket money and remembering the day that you went to that record store and you bought that album and that was the only one you could afford and so when you got home you'd listen to it and listen to it and listen to it whilst looking at the sleeve I, I think that's something that is lost a little bit that journey of of being able to sort of know the moment you got that I think that's that's something that's lost but I do think that's also balanced with the opportunity to have the whole world's music you know on your telephone it's definitely a paradox, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, where are we? Oh, we're going to grow up a little bit now for track five. We're going to go clubbing. The song that soundtracked your years in Clubland, please, Genevieve. I mean, there are so many kind of, there are so many classic club songs that like someone of my age would like know that I'm going to go for the ones that are like embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, so at university, I mean, things like, <laughs> I remember Like a G6. Yeah. We loved that. That came out when I was at university. And um, was also lucky enough to then go to Japan, to Tokyo on another theatre tour. We did Twelfth Night. And we did karaoke in Tokyo. And I mean, that's uh, got to be the best place in the world to do karaoke, right? It, it was. I mean, uh, I, I'm pretty sure... Me and a and a girlfriend sang like a G six. I'm not. You can't even sing like a G six. So what we were thinking, I don't know. I'm not even sure I'm a, we're allowed back in the country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was great. But then you know the songs that I love, like um, you know, um, Duck Sauce's Barbara Streisand. But that sampled from Bodiem. Um, was it Got to Go Home? Nineteen seventy nine. So. That's not so bad. Mm. Um, That's a great dance record, though. Great dance record. It's fantastic. Um, Do you like to dance? I love to dance. I love it. And I feel like it's something that, I mean, yes, of course, like now because of COVID, but even more recently, there just aren't that many places, really, that people 
can properly go and dance. I don't think anyway. I think we need that. Oh, God. I, I run a nightclub and uh, getting the news yesterday that in three weeks' time I can hopefully open, I can't wait. I have not seen, I've not seen or made people dance for, for 15 months and it's going to be joyous. And the fact that there's also another whole year's worth of young people that have turned 18 that have never been to a nightclub and are going to come and experience it for the first time, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, oh, absolutely. So are you a clubber? Um, I mean, what do, when you say clubber, what do you what do you mean? Because well, like going out and having a dance. I mean, is that is that clubbing? Or are you talking about like raves? No, just going. It doesn't matter where. Do you like to just go out and dance? Is it something that you try Absolutely. and do regularly? I, I yeah, I do. I mean, I think that nights out are, are made by the people you're with and the music you listen to. So some of the best nights I've had are at people's houses. Yeah, because then you can just, you know put on everyone puts on songs that they love and yeah. you have a dance and it's just fantastic i miss that wonderful i'm going to take you home for track six and i'm going to ask you for a favorite song from an artist from your home county please so this was difficult because if i'm a londoner i was something who who is really native to london i mean mm-hmm. i think the smiths are londoners are they they're mancunian Mancunian, that's right. Oh, God. But if you want to talk about the Smiths, please can we talk about the Smiths? Um, so I only discovered the Smiths, their music, like quite recently through a friend of mine, which is also like the joy of people sharing stuff and teaching you stuff, you know? Um, so, but now I've discovered the Smiths. I mean, this, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a world of joy. I mean, there is a light that never goes out. It's just, I, I've never talked about the Smiths with, any, with anyone since I discovered them, but they are hilarious. Yeah. I, I mean, was it? What's that song? Some girls are bigger than other girls. Some girls' mothers are bigger than other girls. Yes. I mean, it's they are so unique and strange and wonderful. And the other day I had to do the, a very strange self-tape audition, which was just no lines, just having a chat to camera about what you're up to. And so I play a little bit of guitar and I, I sang that song because it was a dark comedy and it's just like, there is a light that never goes out. I mean, you know, and if, if a double-decker bus crashes into us um, to die by your side, no. <gasps> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, for the purposes of audio-only broadcasting, Stu is showing me his tattoo, the lyrics of which are... There is a light chest. that never goes out. No, I didn't know that. I did not know that. That is very cool. Mm. Um, it's a special song, that is. It's very special. Mm. And hilarious as well. Okay, I'm, I'm glad. I feel like if you've said that, I'm allowed to think that they are funny. Because imagine if you turn around and be like, no, yeah. they're not funny. Girlfriend in a coma, like <laughs> it's and and what's what's really interesting is is like I mean I, I have to s- stress that 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 band probably you know one of my all time favorite bands and, and and I adore them and I think Johnny Marr is an absolute genius guitarist and and but I've also been a bit saddened at what Morris has been saying of recent years. Some of his comments have been not favourable um, and 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 just bizarre. For somebody, like he said some some quite right wing things and has been kind of um, 
pulled apart in the press for it really he said some some strange strange things and wore badges that um are associated with with right wing groups and yeah some str- some odd things that makes it a really really strange thing to digest for somebody that for me and millions of other confused angst ridden teenagers he was he was your comfort blanket he was the guy that said it's cool to be this you know it's okay and it's just yeah it, it's i'm very confused as to where my uh my, my thoughts are with 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 morrissey uh but i have to learn to separate the i was gonna say that's a massive a massive question mm. in music yes but also art and literature do we separate can we separate the artist from the man or woman it's a very very common conversation on this podcast because um a lot of people pick michael jackson records because michael jackson's got some whatever your thoughts on whatever he's allegedly done he has made some of the most magnificent pop music ever uh, and lots of people grew up listening to Michael Jackson, and so they pick Michael Jackson records. And and it's, and it, and it, you know, and I always say, you know, can you still listen to that as a, you know, I, I, as a DJ? I wouldn't necessarily play Michael Jackson records to people now. Um, and but I do, I can disassociate that personally, and I will listen to Michael Jackson records and enjoy them as art because if you. It is a strange one, Genevieve. I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but it, it does. It doesn't just transcend itself to music. It then becomes some artists have done some vile things, and it's like where do you, where do you stop? You know, it's do you just judge it on the art or the person? I don't know. Where, where, does, where does the land lie with you? I think it's incredibly tricky terrain to navigate because if you take it if you take that argument to the extreme that we should separate the artist from the person, then we become like the moral police. Yeah. And actually um, artists and the life that they reflect and express life is messy. People are, you know, and a very sanitized version of art and culture. Then I think we enter like communist territory. Mm. Um, and also the fear that that inspires of not being able to like um, a writer because he was, a misogynist or whatever, which, you know, a lot of them were and have done very toxic, questionable things. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do a a burning of the books. I don't want to get rid of that. And also I think that it's very important. This is just my personal opinion, obviously, but I think that it's very dangerous to get rid of the things in the past that we don't like. We should, we should show them because if you think that they are morally objectionable, then we should remember them and, and, and recognize that as well. Whereas if we just go, oh, I don't like it, I'm going to get rid of it, then people will forget the damage that has been done. So I think that it's a, it's a tricky thing. I think, I think when enough time has gone by, one can maybe separate the artist from the man when it comes to... and immoral then that's more dangerous but oh Stu if I could answer this if I could answer this question and have a firm answer then I think oh it would be much easier but it's not easy is it absolutely absolutely um I have to say actually there's one I mean I'm not talking about track um was it track six the home country favorite yeah. artists I have to say I do adore Radiohead oh. um and I think, I mean, I'm not, not sure they're Londoners as such, but, you know, Oxfordshire or whatever. Um, and the song Creep, apart from being just an extraordinary song, I did a TV show and in a kind of dream sequence, I, my character got married and I walked down the aisle of Ely Cathedral which is which is where they always film all the major like wedding scenes, like in The Crown, like that's Ely Cathedral, I'm pretty sure. And the choir sang Creep. Wow. I mean, so I was walking in this massive wedding dress, actually basically just trying not to trip and fall on my face. <laughs> um, but that was extraordinary. And I love Radiohead, I think they're, well, musical geniuses really. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're, my, they're my 
special mention. Oh, that's a great shout as well. I think it's, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when, when Creep come out in the early 90s and and hearing that for the first time and just hearing this, this sort of almost sort of tranquil nursery rhyme and then just that initial crunch of that guitar before that song just explodes was like, whoa, I did not know that was coming. And then just to hear at the end, like Tom York's voice just soar and you just realise like, oh, okay, this 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 guy's a bit special. And And it's strange because... I think at that point, like Creep was a big hit, and, and there was no other real hits on that that first record. Um, there's a couple more singles, but they weren't like great big hits. They, be, I think, Creep sort of blew up in the states as well. But I think it was obviously when they come back with um, the Bends, and all of a sudden, you know, they release High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees and Street Spirit. It was like. Oh, hang on! No, this this band aren't your average guitar band. These are something special, and then they've just consistently with every record just made you go, "Oh, right, yeah, they're definitely not your average band. They're something different. They're just absolute pioneers and and true artists, you know that that will take that jump and potentially lose fans because that record doesn't sound like the last record, but they want to progress and they want to innovate and change. And I think that's so important. I think that's something that the way that the recording industry is now, we'll see less and less of it because if, you know, band's first record was Mm. to sell the same as Radiohead's first record nowadays, they wouldn't get a chance to make a second record on that label. It'd be dropped because the industry is a very different place, unfortunately. So I think when you've still got these bands, you know, that have the capabilities and the relationship with the label because they're super famous, you know, I think that when you've still got bands like Radiohead and, and artists like Damon Alban that try and consistently progress, you know, that's when people in 30 years are going to look back and view them the same way that we view the Beatles and Bowie and, you know, these these absolute mavericks. So, yeah, wonderful shout. I was thinking yeah, about Creep. There's a, there's a theme, I think, actually here, which is that it's a bit like I'll be watching you. Yeah. Because there's a contrast between the beauty of the music and the darkness of what's actually being yeah. said. And I think that's so powerful in music because mm-hmm. you – the the voice, you know, the, the 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 voice of the and the words of the of the person singing in your ear, you know, creep or I'll be watching you. It's there it's like having an a narrator of a book who who is a stalker or a murderer. Mm. So you feel naturally aligned, like you can understand their pain, but what they're saying is so concerning that you kind of don't know where mm. how you feel about it. And I actually reminds me of so I said I did this this Sondheim musical at the Edinburgh Festival called Assassins. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. No. Um, it's. I think you. I think you'd love it. Um, it's about all the well, a lot of the um, assassination attempts of American presidents and the characters, the disenfranchised people who have attempted or succeeded in these assassinations, and there's a, a duet in it called Unworthy of Your Love, and it's between a guy who was obsessed with Jodie Foster and then tried to assassinate a a president. And then my character was a woman called Lynette Squeaky from, who was the lover of Charles Manson. And they sing this song and it's just, it's a beautiful pop ballad, sometimes so clever. And um, it's just a beautiful song. And she's saying, you know, I am nothing, you are wind and devil and God, Charlie. It's like that. And underneath it, it's like, I would do anything for you, I would kill for you, I would drink poison, in contrast with this pop ballad. Yeah. So I, I love contrast like that when the words in the uh, are doing something completely different to the yeah. music, like creep, like, you know. And, and that's the Smiths, to go back full circle to the Smiths, that you listen to how jaunty Girlfriend is a Coma is, the Girlfriend in a Coma is, it's an absolute quirky pop song, yet the the theme of it is about... <laughs> his girlfriend who's in a coma and you know and 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 there's there's so many smith's records that 
Uh, you know, there is a light that never goes out. It's a really joyous pop record. You know, lovely chorus, and but the, you know, the theme of it is, is death, and it's you know, and and and, and dying with someone. But uh, yeah, wonderful. Okay, so you get to play DJ now and tastemaker. Um, and I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Okay, I have I have one, and I have a backup um, or a special mention. Um, I think uh, Umeji's theme, which is a which is from the the film um, "In the Mood for Love." It's a it was made in the year two thousand. It's um, a Hong Kong film. Um, I think it won, it may have either been nominated or won the Palme d'Or and one of the actors won an Oscar, I think. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's, a, it's an exquisite piece of music. So it's, it's a film theme tune. And I think it's, it's the most stunning film. It's set in Hong Kong in the 60s, um, but it was made in the year 2000 and it's just beautiful. So I would encourage everyone to check that out. And another one, my backup is A.R. Rahman, the legendary composer who did, I mean, famously Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. but so much, so much other stuff. And his song, Uversi, um, Uversi. Uh, Do you know that? Do you know that I one? I don't know. Uversi, um, as it was sampled and used, I think, in the Will I Am song, It's, it's My Birthday. So people might recognize it from that. Um, but if you also look at the music video, it's just hilarious. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. It takes place on a bus and they're dancing on the bus. It's brilliant. It's, it, but it's just fantastic. Oh, and one more, if I'm really allowed. It's a kind of... Squeezing Afrobeat. them in right at the end. <laughs> it's an Afrobeat kind of song. I know it's just so hard, this trying to pick one, by a guy called uh, Davido. He's a Nigerian-American uh, singer, and it's called Fall. And it's just, I heard it on the beach and I just fell in love with it. I love Afrobeat kind of music and it makes me feel so happy. And again, the lyrics are kind of, it's romantic and also a bit kooky and I just love it. It makes me happy. Wonderful. So Genevieve, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and listen to um, all of the songs that you've spoken about today. As we touched upon earlier, we appear to be reaching the end of a, a very difficult time and restrictions will be dropped in the in the coming weeks. Um, what are you looking forward to personally for the rest of 2021? And what have you got happening professionally? So, I mean, making this podcast, The Cupid Couch, has it only came out like a, a week ago and the episodes are still coming out. It's a documentary-style series, so that's been really exciting. I'm thinking about cutting a, a second season. Um, I have more audio dramas uh, coming out. I'm doing The Thunderbirds with uh, John Colshaw, the audio um, series of that. Anyone knows John Colshaw from Dead Ringers? He plays Parker to my Lady Penelope. I mean, how cool um, is that, playing Lady Penelope? I mean, how iconic is, is that as a, as, as a character? Um, she's an absolute babe. And the fun thing is because John Coleshaw is obviously like probably the world's greatest impressionist. And mm. he does, oh, um, you know, oh, well, Belady Parker, you know, talking like that. Oh, hello, Belady. Oh, yes, uh, the, 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 the telephone for you, Belady. I mean, I can't do it really. I but. mean, you nailed that there. <laughs> um, and, but My Lady Penelope is, is, is a real um, homage to the original Sylvia Anderson because yeah. we really want to do a throwback. So she's more kind of like, um, um, Parker, get the rolls. We're going for a little drive. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. And um, Parker, when you traverse Dartmoor lanes, do reduce your speed. Going at that, going at that pace is apt to be disconcerting. Um, you know, so that it's just, it's great. It's great fun. Um, what else am I up to? You know, we're going to see, I guess, what happens with... I'd love to do a play. It'd be lovely to be back on set. Um, but I also think that, like, this this time has taught us just to try and be a bit malleable and plastic and, like, you know, go with the flow and see how things go and 
just also be grateful that we're still here and that we're well and we've got our health and you know um yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens really wonderful Genevieve thank you so much for your time today it's been a joy talking records with you you too thank you Stu it's been a, a joy for me too thanks there you go Genevieve Gaunt oh that was wonderful absolutely wonderful um just thoroughly enjoyed that i hope you got a a fraction of the joy listening to that as i did having that that natter with genevieve go check out uh the podcast um go check out the playlist over on spotify go listen to all the songs that that genevieve chose um and yeah and as i mentioned at the beginning if you'd like to support the podcast you know how to because i told you how to do that um but yeah just give us a like love share or a retweet on the socials and uh and I'll love you forever. Right, I will be back next time. Uh, in the meantime, just be excellent to each other and take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,